0: Hey chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome to another episode. Today, I'm interviewing Dr. Holly Tucker. Uh, This is the second time I've had her on the show, and it's been great to work with her through podcasting, the virtual summits we've had, the other collaborations through the Chiropractic Success Academy, and she's just been a a wealth of knowledge as it pertains to really combining uh, finances and the chiropractic profession. In particular, she is certified and trained through Profit First Method through Michael Uh, and there's a book of that name, Profit First, and then she's able to really apply that to the nuances of the chiropractic profession, and today we dive into really kind of having a recession plan, right? Uh, you know, and it's not a doom and gloom episode, it's just having a plan and a strategy step by step. No emotions involved, having just some objectivity around it. And we've, uh, if you've been a a chiropractor long enough, you know there's ups and downs, right? I mean, my age group, I'm 42 at the time of this recording, and, you know, 2008 punched us in the face. Uh, Obviously, 2020, the pandemic punched us in the face. And, you know, maybe this will, maybe it won't. But um, I do think uh, on a positive side, Uh, many of you, uh, you know, still have tucked away some of the money that potentially got from PPP and HHS and the the employee retention credit. There was a lot of money uh, given out there, and a lot of it had to be used, obviously, to stay afloat. So I understand that. But I think some were able to fill an emergency savings uh, that maybe you did not prior to the pandemic. And so Uh, That is one difference, I think, uh, between what could happen with this recession, if it happens, and and obviously there's inflation now, no matter what, um, and what happened in 2008. Uh, I don't think as many people were, um, you know, maybe flush with cash uh, before 2008. Uh, They might've had some equity in their house, which then they lost overnight. Uh, But yeah, so it's not doom and gloom. It's a great episode. We go through some strategies. I highly recommend you check out our first episode with with holly you can you can google that um, where she really just dissects out the profit first model how um, she connects that to the chiropractic profession and in this episode we're going to go through a five-step recession plan to to start getting going on that and you will be fine Um, i recorded an episode uh, maybe a month or so ago about uh, kind of beating the buffalo through this recession and what my game plan was, so you can listen to that as well. Here is my interview with Dr. Holly Tucker. All right, welcome to the show. We got Dr. Holly Tucker on here. It's not the first nor last time we will have you on to talk all things profit first for chiropractors. Uh, you know, you were kind enough. Uh, we we're, I think it was in the Chiropractic Success Academy post, we were chatting about recession stuff and. You were kind enough to uh, really chime in with some great information, and so I wanted to have you on uh, to discuss that. I, you know, to preface the show, I I had an episode, a solo episode, a few weeks ago, where I gave some of my thoughts, uh, and I'm I'm in no way professionally trained uh, in, in the financials of it. But, uh, you know, I've been, I went through 2008 at a really hard time. Uh, I had started a practice and it, just trying to get it going. It was a cash practice and it was kind of an expensive cash practice. So I, I definitely went through that. Um, but I wanted to have an expert on to have an actual response. And, and that was kind of the title of, what you had sent was the recession response because, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, it's an opportunity. And so, um, welcome to the show. Uh, give us some updates on things. I know that things have changed since the last time you were on.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Kevin, uh, so much for having me back again. I uh, love coming on the, sh- on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, since last time we talked, I'm uh, officially completely um, Profit First certified um, as a coach in their program. And, uh, you know, as you guys know, I am a chiropractor just like you. Um, But I do have this, uh, you know, extra training and extra knowledge, Um, not taking it all the way to the top, not a CPA, not an accountant, not anything like that, but um, do really enjoy the numbers and, you know, thinking about just the administration of how you sort of look at your financial life, et cetera, um, when it comes to practice. So um, I'm really passionate about this stuff. And uh, I always, always look to the experts for these sorts of things. So um, the recession response really is, it's pretty simple, but it's, it's some of those times, you know, we look, we overlook the really simple things when we feel like everything is spiraling out of control. So I really just wanted to come on and, you know have an opportunity just to say, you know just little ideas here and there can really add up. Um, more on an update for me. Yeah, last time, since I was on the show, um, picked up and relocated and has started life uh, pretty much all over again. So left the great state of Tennessee and we're now um, in North Carolina and um, I am at, I'm actually back um, at the starting line with starting up a new practice. So mm-hmm. for all of you who are, are feeling very uncertain, I, I empathize with those feelings right now.
0: Yeah. You know, it's when you say from uh, Tennessee to North Carolina, that could either be 15 minutes Or it could be, you know, a very long way. And I know you went from the west uh, side of Tennessee all the way over to North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, it It was a
1: 15 hour drive. So
0: (laughs) it's funny because I was in I was in Asheville, North Carolina, and uh, I didn't realize how close the border to Tennessee was so. Uh, just a little clarification. It wasn't like you just uh, moved down the street. So um,
1: yeah, yeah, still in the south, uh, but now we're on the coast. You know, before I felt like we were, you know, in the middle of the country. Yeah. You know, right on the Mississippi and in Memphis, and uh, and now we're on the coast. We're kind of enjoying beach life and that sort of thing. So
0: yeah. yeah, that's cool. That's exciting. And I wanted to touch on something too. You kind of said in passing where you know you're not a CPA or anything like that, but. What I love about your combination, and it's kind of what I, this was an analogy I gave for myself, right? Like I'm not a uh, college educated marketer. Uh, I I learned marketing. I got trained. I definitely took courses, uh, but obviously a chiropractor and what I think it allows is the nuances of the profession. And the analogy I gave actually, when I spoke at Parker was, uh, you know, if you spoke, 85% 85% of a, of a second language, you would lose out on some of the nuances of humor and sarcasm and some of the innuendos and and all those things that are uh, intricate in communication and language. And I think sometimes, uh, you know, if you're dealing with someone that's just a marketer, or someone that's just a CPA, that doesn't have any background in, in our profession, sometimes they lose that nuance uh, of the profession. And so someone like you, that's obviously formally educated as a chiropractor and have all these years of experience as a chiropractor, and then now formally trained under a model such as profit first, you're able to really understand the nuances that we, uh, that we go through. And I always think that's a very valuable um, combination. It's, it's a skill stack that uh, really lends itself nicely.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's really great because, you know, I, when I work with clients, you know, I'm working with clients really that are all over the country and they're, they're in different settings, you know, from rural offices to more metro offices, but there is, you know, there are, there are these common grounds that we have. And when we're looking just strictly at the numbers, we're looking at cash flow. you know, I'm going through them line by line, looking at profit and loss statements with them. you know, when things jump out at me, they jump out at me, you know, and they may not jump out to just your, say, bookkeeper um, or your accountant that, you know, hey, that's sort of an an anomalous sort of thing. I think you're paying a little too much for that, given what the market is, or, you know, just having that conversation, what's on the return, you know, the return on investment in that, because, you know, a CPA is just going to look at your, say, your advertising your promotional line and just say, okay, that looks about normal. But, you know, I actually want to engage the client and say, okay, what are we getting back from this? what can we exchange? What's the future of this, you know, et cetera. So just really being able to, uh, to boil down those costs and seeing opportunities too. I mean, there's, if, if you're not industry or profession um, specific, it's, it's hard to sort of tailor, you know, what, what's, what's the night, the next direction you could go or could take something in business. So.
0: Yeah. And a lot of times I I use, uh, I think about like accountants and bookkeepers. they are kind of Bookkeepers, they're kind of like the post mortem of things. Like, the, it's already happened, and they're just, you know, documenting it or filing the t- return, this that, and the other thing. Uh, Someone like you can actually get proactive and, and plan so that it's uh, it's a good cash flow margin. All you know, all the things that you yeah. that we have to manage. And then sometimes there's other oddities too. Like I have a client now who has always, obviously, we're a service industry. And he's always been service only, but now he's adding product that he's selling. And Mm -hmm. we had to dive into because he spent all this money on, you know. And again, I'm not an expert, but I was just letting him know like there's a difference if you're going to get into the product business, like you have to put out money Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then, and then you get the money. Hopefully people buy it. So there's this, you know, because when you're just strictly service, a chiropractor, you're not really putting out. A bunch of money for product and you don't have to understand ordering and supplies and all that type of stuff so yeah yeah for uh, sure. it's always it's always fascinating for sure so um all right so you know i think i mean the writing is kind of on the wall you know either we're in a recession it's going to happen in the next 12 months maybe we get lucky and, and it doesn't happen at, at you know the the reality of it is we're at a extremely high inflation so even if you're not uh, currently in recession, you're in hyperinflation, uh, worse in 40 years type of thing, which is which is hard. Um, so navigating that's going to be important. And so let's kind of run down the the five aspects that are part of this recession response and get your thoughts on it. Uh, what are what are your um, kind of strategies and, and, and ideas around cash flow during, let's say, a recession or a potential recession?
1: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, yeah, there's two different ways that we can go with this, um, you know, and, and there's a graphic that goes along with this and you guys can certainly download that, um, but it's it's reactionary and then it's the proactive part, right? It's okay, what can we do to reduce cash flow, um, cash flow out? And then what can we do on the on the other end to look at increasing cash flow, you know, for coming in? So, you know, just getting down and doing an expense audit, you know, I recommend clients do this at minimum once a year, but sometimes, you know, it's it's once a quarter, so especially if there's just a lot of moving parts, Um, you know, but looking at things that you can cancel. I mean, we all, you know, Mm -hmm. fall prey to signing up for subscriptions for this or that and whatever. And we think we're going to use it or think it's going to be super helpful. And then it's not, and then you just kind of let it keep rolling. Um, But those things do add up. I mean, I was just Mm -hmm. talking to a client um, last week that was thinking about um, having to actually close her business for a few weeks. And she's like, well, I think, you know, I think my overheads only like 6,000. Uh, without payroll if, if her staff were, were were not part of the conversation. And it's like, well, we pulled the reports and it was like, you're running at like 10,000 right now. Mm-hmm. So we, we've got to go in and, and really look at it. It's like, yeah, if you don't have those huge chunks, you really just have to get into the nitty gritty and see, okay, yeah, this isn't necessary, you know, mm-hmm. et cetera. Um, you know, there, there's a line on here about, you know, can is there an opportunity to renegotiate any terms um, either with any long-term financing that you have or even looking at, you know, like your lease? If you feel like you're, you know, in a good stable place. You know maybe you want to talk to your, your landlord, etc., about you know locking in maybe a little bit of a longer term at a certain price if things are looking like they're just going up and up and up, and, and just seeing sort of what uh, what the attitude is around that. Um, thankfully, with a few of my clients, we were able to get ahead of the curve and, um, and uh, consolidate some debt and get some lower interest things. You know, back last year when the the eidl loans and things like that were around we were able to consolidate some things right now i don't know with interest rates i mean it just seems like they're going up and up and up so we may have uh, missed the boat on that um but definitely looking at things i mean if you if your business is already if your business is you know, sort of having to bridge things with using credit cards and things like that. I mean, it's time to get serious if you want to uh, to maintain your business, maintain your, your lifestyle, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just have to look at the cash. We can't just say, okay, well, you know, this is temporary. We'll just use the credit card for right now. I mean, we got to put that CEO hat on and, and make some big decisions there.
0: Yeah, definitely. I know going back to what you said, as far as that person was Thinking it was six thousand, but it was ten thousand. And I know I ran into this issue in the past where, um, and I and I've talked to chiropractors where they like they'll they'll detail out their expenses, but they don't have like a category that's say miscellaneous. And I looked, at, I remember looking at my statements and stuff like that. I was like, I'm spending like two thousand a month on just things I never. Prepared for, and so I just started a a, a miscellaneous category uh, for X amount and just put it in there. And so during times like this, that category alone could be something. It's like, like what kind of miscellaneous things are you buying, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> and that yeah.
0: was something I did uh, when March 2020 hit. Was like I tackled that 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 category pretty well.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, just going back to the basics, profit first. If you're not familiar with it, is based off of. Um, opening up five foundational um, bank accounts for your business. And those are your incoming or your your deposit Um, revenue comes into one account. Um, You set aside a savings to take a percentage off and, and put it into an account called profit. You have an owner's pay account again, where it's a piece of the pie that goes to you. Um, You have a tax savings account. And then your last one is operating expenses or like your overhead. And so we fund all of these accounts based on percentages. Um, A lot of times I'll have clients open up a sixth account just for, you know, kind of larger annual or quarterly expenses that are not, you know, part of that, that, that monthly number, you know, but it's something we need to be prepared for, even if it's, you're just sticking $200 in there, you know, every couple of weeks and, and you're, and you're letting it grow. Um, another, another big thing I run into a lot with clients is if you have staff and you have payroll, you pay every two weeks. Well, that's not twice a month. There's two uh, months out of the year where, you know, that can hit you pretty hard. And so we usually open up another account just to make sure, you know, that's not going to make this, um, super tight. So it's just, you know, just being strategic and thinking ahead when, uh, you know, literally what's coming out and what's going in.
0: Yeah, you know, that the term, obviously, cash flow is is that what's coming in and what's coming out. And it's it's, it's a timely thing, too. And one of the things that I did in the past was, uh, we do our payroll on the 1st and the 15th. But then I also noticed was like, okay, mortgage was due on the 15th, credit card was due on the 15th, this was due on the first, like, all, everything was due on the same damn day. And so and I just, I called my credit card the one day. is like, can I make it the 18th, you know? And they're like, oh yeah, yeah. No, no problem. And so sometimes maybe your, your flow can be improved by just staggering when some things are due. Like if your rent is in uh, payrolls all on the first, maybe you can make the rent, ask them if it's the third, right? Give you a couple extra days or something, wh- whatever. Uh, yeah. That was something I did back again. Uh, that was one of my strategies in, in 2020. Um, so that's just something that I, that I thought of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and when I found the profit first system and I mean, it really was about just boiling it down, looking at the numbers and then just having a plan and and a routine really. I mean, it went from feeling like I was constantly on that hamster wheel of like, everything's due all the time and all the money's just going in and out. And it's like, you log into your your bank and it's like, well, there's a big chunk of cash there, but it's not all for the spending. Right. So it's like, you break it down, you put it into these categories or these buckets, and you really, it becomes a little bit more intuitive at that point. So,
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, Docs, here is a new opportunity for you from Darcy Sullivan of Propel. She is our SEO specialist in helping out many chiropractors uh, with their search engine optimization and making sure Google is finding you and getting you new patients. It's amazing how many new patients chiropractors can get and are getting when they do uh the seo right and a few other things and darcy is offering a free seo workshop just for chiropractors and you can sign up for that at bit.ly bit.ly slash propel mcm that is bit.ly bit.ly propel mcm modern chiropractic marketing right and so check out that link and we're going to have you go over 5 SEO secrets to owning the first page of Google uh, without buying ads and Darcy's going to give that free workshop 1 hour to really help grow your practice and start churning new patients from the ever mighty Google which is still king in the online marketing so check that out at bit.ly/propelmcm for the 1 hour free workshop Hey, Doc, are you moving office spaces or you're a startup with your own new space or you're like me where you need renovations because it's starting to look a little worn after about 10 years like ours is? Um, Crossfield's chiropractic office design is here to elevate you wherever you're at and they're going to help maximize your space and flow. They're going to really help attract and retain patients and this is going to have a great ROI on your investment when you increase that patient experience. So check out Chiropractic office designs by Crossfields. And we have a special link for modern chiropractic marketing listeners. And that is www.chiropracticofficedesign.com Kevin dash And with that, you're going to have discounts. We're going to have direct links to a me- mega bundle of free resources, and you can check them out and you can get 15 of our most popular floor plans, five phase checklist for a startup office, five point designer checklist to evaluate your current office image. And there's 30% off on all online products when you go to www.chiropracticofficedesign.com slash Kevin-Christy. So cash flow is important. Obviously, you could probably do a whole uh, weekend on cash flow alone. Uh, but let's move on to debt management. And I know this is a big one uh, for for chiropractors, obviously, you have student loans and EIDLs and you know, credit cards and stuff. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would be really, um, really cautious on taking on new debt right now. I mean, just mm-hmm. simply because of the, the interest rate issues um, right now. And I mean, costs are going up. Costs for just regular types of yeah. things are going up, right? So if you don't have to add something new, um, then I would just wait on it. You know, I think, uh, in the, in the book, profit first, um, the author, Mike Michalowicz, he talks about the one more day principle. Like if you are really on fire for buying something right now, just wait one more day, you know, so if you can get one more day out of it. Um, you know, that sort of thing. But sometimes, you know, we get in a situation, you know, I had a client last month that, you know, table broke down and it's like, that's, that's obviously the bread and butter right there. We gotta, we gotta get a repair, um, you know, to fix that until we can get a new piece of equipment in. Um, so again, you know, I mentioned this a second ago, just be careful about, um, you know, leveraging your debt right now and sort of living off of it um, instead of getting serious about the spending, you know, we don't yeah. want to just put a band in- on the problem, we actually want to you know look at everything pretty comprehensively, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then and just thinking about the future. I mean, yeah, there's student loans, you know, there's retirement planning, there's you know lots of different things that you know you want your business to pay you for, mm-hmm. um, but just boiling it down to what's absolutely necessary right now. I mean, I I feel like I'm in a conversation at least once a week in a Facebook group about the student loan issue, you know, and it's like. Mm-hmm you, I mean, I've, I've had great success and I know you've had Travis from student loan planner on, uh, you know, summits and stuff like that before, you know, just having a plan again, it's just a, it's, it's just a, it's a method of looking at everything and you don't want to be paying more than you need to. And you need to, to find some stability there. Um,
0: yeah, I, I, you know, one of the things that I've done and it's something that people can look at again, if we go into a situation where, like I currently pay extra, like a extra payment on my student loans. And I basically round up everything, whether it's my home mortgage, my office mortgage, my student loans. Um, I just round up and pay that every month. But if it got to a situation where things got tough, then I would just roll that back and just pay the minimum of what I have to on that and, and do that. Uh, the other thing is, is that like mortgage rate, you know, rates are are pretty tricky right now, and so you definitely want to be careful with taking that on uh, as well. So, just yeah, I, I agree that the the debt thing is 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 tricky, especially with where the rates are going right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. So cool. Um, all right, strategic planning. This is this is a big one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you know, looking at the big vision again about you know what what you want out of your business and, and where you want it to go. Um, you know, specifically in this, in this category, we're talking about looking at, you know, the clients that you serve, the patients that you serve, um, the type of service offerings that you have and, and really being able to, to boil that down to, you know, where do you want to go? Where's there growth and opportunity? Um, where's the, the market really heavy with competitors or not? Is there a new market that you can tap into? Um, you know, just, being again, just being proactive. If, if there is an opportunity where, you know, business does slow down a little bit. Everybody's a little bit different for summer. Sometimes people are like, summer's my busiest time of the year because everybody's off and they're coming in. And other times, you know, you live in a place where it's like everybody's on vacation away from you. And so you, you slow down a bit for the summer, but that's where we bring in things like, okay, let's, let's loop back around on your social media marketing plan. You know, we're, we're always engaged and You want to definitely still be showing up. You don't want to be sending the message that you're shrinking out there, you know, to your yeah. audience and that you're not, uh, you're not growing and still in business.
0: And one of the things that is lining up favorably is the fact that um, a lot of people have been functioning in their practice the last couple of years without doing much networking and community outreach because of COVID. And it just has kind of fallen off for a a lot of people in different areas, Uh, not really down here, but uh, it's an opportunity now that you can get out there. You know, I've, I've got a client in a particular state that, they really were shut down a lot but now he's been getting out there and it's been driving business and and he's full-fledged community outreach so this is your time to get out there and meet a lot of people because you know a lot of you haven't been able to do that in the last couple of years and your practice has been okay and so now maybe this can offset that little bit of loss that you may have and obviously you mentioned like social media yeah this is the time to just keep on focusing on those leading indicators of your of your practice and your marketing and just double down on that and uh, that should offset a lot of what could happen with recession, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean personally, I'm, I'm right there. It's like I'm I'm scheduling a couple of marketing meetings, you know, with with like minded providers and that sort of mm-hmm. thing, you know, in my area, and it's it's really been great because I've not really hit any sort of resistance to anybody, you know, wanting to get out and wanting to connect everybody, I think is still, Mm -hmm. you know, still in a mode of sort of starving for that. And, and, you know, people are looking for connection and things like that. So, you know, just thinking about the bigger picture and you don't have to, you know, it's not, it's not the old days, the old lunch and learn, you know, that Mm -hmm. type of stuff where we're shelling out a bunch of cash. It's, it's, it could just be a coffee date. I mean, we're talking five bucks here, Mm -hmm. um, you know, to just, just meet with somebody and, and make a connection, that sort of thing. So
0: Definitely. And I, I, on that point too, um, I was having a conversation, a chiropractor who's very niche oriented, works a lot of, uh, CrossFits and gyms and stuff. And I started to tell him, I was like, what are some other types of potential patients that share similar psychographics, but maybe are a different niche, right? Like a runner and triathlete he wasn't necessarily working with but they share a similar psychographic as say the, the, the crossfitter or power lifter. And why not reach out to that group? You know, you don't have to be a runner and athlete If you're a great clinician and you can understand those types of injuries, which most do, then you can do great. Like it's been a great audience for me. And I'm not a runner or athlete but I know how to treat them and evaluate them and talk to talk. And so uh, that's something I want our audience to think about too. And your strategic planning is What are some of those um, kind of cousins to your niche that are Mm -hmm. similar uh, psychographics that you can start to target as well? Yeah, yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the, the biggest, you know, last categories, you know, just Mm -hmm. want to talk about is just, yeah, looking at the basics of your accounting um, and then, you know, just thinking and planning ahead for, you know, tax season of next year. I mean, we have no idea what the tax code is going to look Mm -hmm. like, but you know, through this process, you know, you do want to be intentional with, you know, getting back, um, looking at the numbers. Um, if it's never been a practice of yours to actually pull comparative reports and say, you know, what, what, how does each quarter compare with itself? Or how does each year compare with itself? Mm-hmm. You know, just getting that bigger picture and looking at some trends, you know, might be a good time to to go ahead and do that. Um, you know, just to, to look at things.
0: Yeah. And I want to mention something again, I think I mentioned it on on a previous episode, but one of the things that came out of our last mastermind group was someone had mentioned the, um, the tax credit, the, basically the, um, employee retention credit. Yeah. And I think three members had like one, their accountant said, Oh, you don't, you know, it really doesn't pertain to you. And he ended up going to another account and ended up getting a lot of money from it. Uh, he has a big practice, uh, two others filed for it. They're going to get it. It's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, you can amend those returns. So look into that. Not everybody qualifies qualifies for it. You have to have employees, you have, you have to have a certain amount of impact of loss, like there's certain things, but uh, it could be something where if you do qualify for it, you get an accountant that understands it and files it. Uh, you might get uh, some checks from the IRS in six months, right at the perfect yeah. time. Uh, so it's something to, to talk to your accountant about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if you haven't, you know, touched base with them, um, you know, really since April, you know, maybe, you know, you got your taxes filed on time and you really haven't touched base with them. You know, I would, I would just put a call in, Mm -hmm. you know, just to see, um, you know, and if you don't, if you don't have a good CPA on your team, then it's definitely time to be, uh, to be, you know, looking at that. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I had had several clients, uh, last year that, um, you know, just actually got some surprise funding. I had one that got a yep. grant, I think, through her state and another one that had an SBA loan that was partially mm-hmm. forgiven. And it's like, you know, if, if you don't sort of actively look for these things or, or have a CPA that's that's kind of, you know, got your back for these types of things, you could really miss out, yep. um, you know. So so having the, the right professionals on your team, you know, and mm-hmm. knowing when it's, when it's time to tap those things in.
0: Yeah. And um, I think also kind of a different topic but but similar is that the difference between now and in 08 08 was hard because uh, you know uh, people didn't have uh, necessarily like a, they weren't given a lot of money right and, and the reality of it is the last couple years uh, a lot of us were given a, a lot of money and yeah. so hopefully uh, a lot of us still have some of that and that gives you like an emergency savings account well in 08 a lot of people didn't necessarily have that. It, weren't, it wasn't this like run on giving a lot of money. The other problem with 08 was everybody lost all their equity in their homes and stuff. And so you had nothing, no protection there. And, and they had adjustable rate mortgages and so their mortgage went up. In this setting, if if you are a company that owns your home, there's probably equity in it if you bought it before 2021. Uh, and so it's just another layer of protection. Again, I'm not here saying to tap into it whatsoever, but you know, I, I listened to this podcast like a month ago, and the guy just was talking about putting a financial fortress around your family, and, and I just liked that. And I kind of thought about I was like, okay, what are all the layers of protection that I have? You know, where uh, and there's a lot. There, there's a lot of layers of protection. So start looking at what your layers of protection are and then uh, be able to go from there. So any, any thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, you know, that there's, there's a notion that, you know, there's, there's this complete separation between business and personal finance, (laughs) but (laughs) there's really not your, your money mindset, how you, how you deal with money, how, you know, just your outlook about finances in general, um, you know, really go on both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're super stressed in business, you know we also need to be looking at that personal side, and yeah. you know knowing where you can take some control back um, and and where you can make some changes. Um, I don't remember if I mentioned this, you know, before when we did an inter- interview just on Profit First, but you know the whole system was just completely eye-opening to me that I actually enacted a similar system on the personal side, and it's mm-hmm. like okay it's not all exactly percentage based. It's a little bit more, um, dollar based, you know, like where we have these certain categories and stuff, but it is just about being intentional and not looking at, you know, just that, that huge one bucket or that one paycheck to paycheck. Like how, how quickly can I get through this right No, It's like, how can I make it last? You know, how can I peel off a little percentage here or a little dollar amount here to be intentional and and go in these certain places? So, um, so yeah, I mean that fortress, you know, just, just looking at what your opportunities are and where you know you know where you need to make some big decisions on.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up with the business personal and to that point like if you like in my situation my spouse is not a chiropractor and you know she she raises our kids and all that and so I make sure to have consistent communication with her and you know we do a monthly budget. I tell her is that that money comes from somewhere else, right? Like yeah, I can I can pull a couple thousand dollars out of my practice, but that has a, a an impact on the business. Like if you, if you overspend in the personal life, it's going to impact your business. If you overspend in your business, it's going to impact your personal. It's not like we're the owners of a, a you know, a multinational billion dollar company where, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it, they're, they're passed through entities and it's basically all the same thing. Um, yeah. And so that's something that we always uh, take into consideration. I think Having that communication with your uh, partner is, is vital, especially if they're not in the business. I think you need to keep that um, that communication going. That's something that's helped us out uh, for sure. Uh, the other thing you could... I mean, again, the debt management was a, a big topic and I'm always uh, weary of making recommendations around that but something that i've always had is i have an unused line of credit through my business it's it's at zero there's nothing on it or anything but it's just there but yeah if for me i've been able to be um responsible with it now uh, there's a lot of psychology around that too so i'm not like willy-nilly just oh go get a business line of credit Uh, but for some people it could be something that just gives you another layer of protection if it makes sense yeah Talk to your expert. Yeah,
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've I've never used one um, personally when we got our very first startup loan Mm -hmm. 10 or 11 years ago. um, We actually got financing through our county through like an economic um, development grant or wasn't a grant. It was a loan, but they split it. It was like we asked for this big amount and then they split it and they gave Mm -hmm. us, you know, this and the, you know, the loan up front. And then this, this amount it was like 25,000 in the line of credit. And it Mm -hmm. was like, you know, if we had asked, maybe we asked for like 95. So it was like 60 and 35 or something like that. It was split. Yeah. And what's funny was that we never even touched it. It was yeah. like, it was kind of like those two buckets right there. It's like right here. They are like, they were putting a separate distinction on this other one. And we never touched it, you know, so after a couple of years, yeah. it just closed it out, you know, cause you didn't yeah. need it. So, yeah.
0: yeah, And it's it, funny, Like I was, I was basically forced to get it because when I bought my office real estate in 2013, there's all the build out they had like they they attached a line of credit to because they know that build outs always go over and they didn't want me to be in a cash flow crunch all these different things mm-hmm. you know it was like yeah. protection it was actually protection for them right because they, they want they wanted to make sure i have like almost zero chance of defaulting on on their mortgage mm-hmm. so they put a line of credit on there and ultimately I ended up having to use some of it at the time for the build out, uh, yeah. paid that, paid it off and then just kind of left it at zero, but I just left it there and I've been responsible. But if, again, I think you're right. Like if, if you have that, meh, that, that internal ba- battle with it, it, it could be better to close it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, cool. Um, any other words of wisdom in these, uh, crazy exciting times? I think one of the things I did say in my, podcast a few weeks ago was that typically on the other end of these things are some good things. Uh, like for me was affordable commercial real estate. I was able to buy in 2013, which, uh, you know, wasn't that affordable pre 2008. So uh, any, any insights or thoughts to, to kind of wrap it up?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think we're, we're still on the precipice of this and it's still, you know, You know, it still feels like things are sort of spiraling out of control, but I I think it's important to, you know, to reach out to colleagues, reach out to your mentors, you know, that sort of thing, you know, we're, we're all in this, you know, we're, we're all dealing with it in different ways. So definitely don't feel like you're just out on your own, you know, sort of struggling. Um, you know, I think, I think that's just the biggest thing for me is just realizing that, you know, it's, it's something we're all, you know, we're all dealing with and, and how you react to it is, is really going to set up the stage for, you know, what your next steps are. So, you know, there's always opportunity around the corner. I mean, I'm, me, you know, just personally being in a new area, it's like, you know, I've kind of made my way around town. Now I've kind of scoped out the quote competition. And I actually don't see any of them this competition, just based off of what I'm seeing, because mm-hmm. I, I do things a little differently. Right. So yep. Maybe it is, it is time to lean into, you know, really niching down and, and serving your clientele and, you know, just getting clear on your messaging. I mean, it's just never been a better time, I think, to do that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, you know, it's always good to have people in your corner. You know, I've always made sure I have coaches and consultants around me. Like I definitely never go left on an island and I'm willing to invest in those people around. So having experts like you, it's, it's just, it's very, very necessary all the time. Uh, And another thing I want to touch on what I like, you know, one of the things I've uh, liked about the profit first model too, is uh, I find a lot of chiropractors struggle to know if they can afford to hire or to invest in something like they, they don't understand. It's hard for them to make an accurate decision. And what I like about the formulas and the percentages with profit first is it kind of gives you like, okay, look, this is, you know, if you're bringing in this range of revenue in a year this is prob- this is percentage of what should be expenses, percentage of what you should pay in your mm-hmm. and so you can kind of base your business on that. And then when you look, it's like, oh yeah, I've got extra seven thousand dollars a month and just money, which is great. We're growing. I could probably afford to hire that CA or hire that associate. And so it gives you a model to start making accurate decisions. And you're not just randomly like, Oh, I wonder if I can afford this type of thing. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. uh, Another thing I see people asking questions about all the time is, you know, can I raise my prices? When can I raise my prices? How much notice do I have to give? You know, how many, how many notices do I have to send out? It's, it's, all your decision and you can do it you know with really whatever notice is comfortable for you um you know i don't really know of many states that have you know uh laws you know that say you have to give people a certain amount of notice i mean you know if you go to a retail store they can raise their prices at any time so uh you know yeah are your patients gonna love it not really but you know i trust that you can be you know smart with it you're not going to go from you know $50 a visit to you know jump them to 95 or something like that right you can make some some incremental changes um you know and and whether or not you you offer up uh, an opportunity for buying prepaid or anything like that I'm not a huge fan of of buying those up like that because it's a lot of administrative on the back end but you know if it is something that you know you wanted to offer to your patients and make sure it's it's legal in your jurisdiction and say hey my rates are going up as of this date if you want to buy you know Package of sessions or whatever, you know, then, and then that could be a good thing. So,
0: yeah, it could definitely help with cash flow. And, uh, yeah, we had a lot of clients that raised reasonable uh, around January, and every one of them said, Yeah, we didn't have any pushback, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so people were kind of, it was almost like the mentality, especially then where it's like, Yeah, everything is going up. Of course, this is going up. Yeah. I, I got like so many emails. From some of my subscriptions, you know, like Netflix, everything went, I was like, oh, here's another email something going up. You know, it's like, yeah. So you just kind of like, of course it is, you know. And so people are kind of expecting it, you know. They're they're wrapped, their mind is wrapped in the fact that everything's expensive right now. Uh, so raising it at five bucks or something like that's not going to be the end of the world. Especially yeah. new patients. I've said this plenty of times. Like, if you raise your new patient rates, they don't know the difference. Like, if you go from one thirty to one fifty five it's still in the range for them of like yeah they're not going to say uh yes to 130 and no to 155 most likely right and so yeah, and, and yeah, they didn't know what tip them over. yeah like if you went from 130 to 230 yeah that could tip them over um but they didn't know what your prices were before so that's a great way to start in my opinion yeah yeah for okay. sure cool how can our audience uh, find you i know a lot of them already uh reach out to you here or there and and you've got a great presence in some of our platforms but how can they reach out to you
1: yeah. So, I'm uh, Facebook and, and Instagram, you know, pretty active over there. Um, I'm at Dr. Holly a Tucker on both of those. Um, my coaching and, and business name is Cairo numbers. So you can find me over there as well. I'm starting to uh, transition sort of break off a little bit more of that professional brand into the, the brand branded material. So you can find me, um, on Instagram for there. And then the website is Cairo Pretty simple.
0: Perfect. Awesome. I love it. And, um, excited to have you on for our virtual summit again later in the year. So we'll keep an eye on that and we'll get everybody prepped.
1: Yeah. Always looking forward to it.
0: Perfect. Thank you for your time today. Thanks, Kevin. That is it for this week's episode, but before you leave, check us out at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com for all kinds of free resources, such as blogs and the podcast episodes. We've got online courses. You can check out the Chiropractic Success Academy there, which is an amazing online coaching system for you at a very affordable monthly rate. Uh, There's a free online course on the modernchiropracticmarketing.com website, so check that out. We have all kinds of resources for you there. And we would also truly appreciate if you could rate and review this podcast if you're getting valuable information out of it. I can't thank you enough. And we'll see you next week.